Welcome to Talking Roadmaps, the channel where we talk about all the good, the bad, and the ugly of roadmapping. Today, I'm joined by Nacho Bassino. Nacho, introduce yourself. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm Nacho. I've been working as a product leader for many, many years. Uh, now I'm in the transition phase into a coaching role, coaching and consulting role. Um, and uh, last year, I wrote a book called Product Direction, which talks about how you create a strategy and connect it to <laughs> roadmaps and OKRs for execution. So really excited to be here today to actually explore that in a bit longer. If you're enjoying the channel, subscribe, hit the bell, and give us a like. What is the purpose of a roadmap? The way I, I mean, I actually use this in my book, uh, and the way I'm using it as a product leader nowadays, is to connect the strategy to the actions. So to me, that's it's the intermediate piece, I would say, these high-level strategy drivers that you want to connect, how they will actually be seen in reality. So you basically have these high-level ideas that you want to pursue in your strategy or high-level drivers, and then you will have quarterly execution. And there is a gap in between that actually is your longer-termish planning that you will try to fill with roadmaps. And, and that's basically how I'm using them today. So the connection between the strategy and the execution that you have in a quarterly basis. Love it. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I, in my terminology, I might call that the operational gap then, because you've got kind of the tactical execution level, you've got the kind of the strategic thing and kind of that, what, what are we doing operationally in the middle, maybe? So yeah, interesting. And I, I think it reflects very similarly on when I was interviewed, I kind of we did a sketch note of it, and the uh, sketch note drew a bridge between strategy and execution. So I, I think uh, totally on the same page with you there. But you're talking about kind of on those quarterly objectives and kind of that bridge that between things. Who's looking at it? Who's the audience? It's a good question. And I think that uh, one thing that I made maybe super simple or, or simplifying the answer is that the devil is in the details. And the problem with uh, roadmaps is the flight level or the granularity level you use in them. So maybe to expand a bit longer on, on that answer before jumping to the, to the audience, what you are trying to do is to keep at the big strategic opportunities that you will plot on your roadmap to explain in more detail how your strategy will be realized into the execution. What that means is that you don't need to go into the solution level, which may be some sort of uh, kind of... Uh, I'm going to get gun chat. So just to use an extreme example, uh, you want to keep these high-level opportunities that are still saying, this is my strategic driver. My strategic driver means that I need to cover this and this and this problem or this and this and this opportunity. This is the right sequence because this is how we first address one problem. Then we build on top of that one with the second problem and on top of that one with the third problem. And you are expressing these problems in terms of what you are trying to achieve. So also needs to be reflected into from your strategy drivers, you will drive these smaller goals that you are trying to achieve. So in that sense, the, I would say that the, the, kind of the, the product leader is the one driving this conversation. And the audience is, of course, twofold. You have, on one hand, your uh, group of stakeholders, kind of peers from other uh, departments in the, in the company and things like that that you need to align with. And this is a kind of very, very strong piece because on a strategy, I would say it's a bit easier to align because since you are talking about some, something a bit more high level, for sure there were struggles and trade-offs, but uh, people might interpret things a bit um, on their side, so to speak. So they may be agreeing on the strategy, 
But when you see the roadmap, you are seeing the truth. So that's where kind of these conflicts might get into lower levels. So the trade-offs are more clear. You will have more discussions. So it's a big piece of the of the alignment puzzle. And on the other hand, of course, so we're saying this is the connection to execution. So it's a it's a very big conversation started with the teams. Um, and if you are doing this kind of as I say granularity level right, the conversations with the teams will be, hey, these are the problems we are trying to solve, and we need you to take this down a bit kind of further down the road and break it down into what are the initiatives or potential solutions that we may pursue to achieve these uh, potential problems and do your discovery to understand if this is a relevant problem and how you, it's the best way to solve it. So kind of these two sides of the table are kind of joining together in the, in the Roma conversation. Okay, there's an interesting omission there. Customers, what's your perspective on customers and roadmaps then? A long part of my working life, I was in uh, the consumer side and so, for example, uh, travel. Uh, so, let's think about Expedia or Booking. Uh, um, or you can think about, for example, now I'm Xing. And in there, kind of, there is no much, uh, we, we don't need to reveal our, our roadmaps to the customers. Um, on a B2B side, that can be different. But my take is that those are two different uh, elements. So, for sure, you are using. I mean, you, you want to base what you show to your customers in roadmap, especially if you're trying to do sales on based on that, which is a tricky business. Um, you are trying to display some information in a certain way that will make sense to your customers, which is quite different from this low-level internal alignment that you need to have. That I was saying before, for example, will have the business outcomes you're trying to achieve. And for sure, that's not something you will kind of be sharing with your customers. So um, my... my uh, I made this maybe quite long, but in, in what I'm saying is the roadmap I'm talking about is the what I call internal, let's call it internal roadmap. Um, and if you need an artifact to display to your customers, that will probably be, be quite different. And for sure, we will use the same terminology or the same the same name, roadmap. Uh, but I will argue that there's a, a different artifact with a different purpose uh, and needs to be think about differently. Yeah, I mean, I think I talk about them being different views of the same information. So it's the same roadmap, but different views on it. Some for audience, some for an external audience, some for an internal audience. So I guess that results in potentially different artifacts that are those different views. So then who owns the roadmap and maybe who maintains it as well? I always feel owns is a very strong word, like the product owner, and then comes to the CEO of the product and those sort of questions. So I, I don't really like the, the, to use that terminology. Uh, but to be fair, I think that what I usually say is that the, the product leader is responsible to make sure that the roadmap is out there fulfilling its purpose, which doesn't necessarily mean that the product leader owns the roadmap, but he has a responsibility to facilitate the conversation to have the roadmap standing up to date and aligned with everyone in there. One thing I didn't mention is that kind of the organization can be can be very different in size and, and complexity. So there may be uh, different levels of leaders in there. So you may have hey, we have product managers, and then we have a you know, head of product or. or some sort of product leader that we have a PP of product and that can drive having different levels of roadmaps some kind of whole company roadmap or kind of business unit roadmap or you know tribe roadmap depending on the, on the organization um, so th this will also mean that this different so the roadmaps hopefully will be aligned and will be kind of based on the same information uh, but you will have different views as we were saying before 
that will try to serve the purpose at different levels. So different product leaders may be kind of owning that view of the roadmap, which as I say, is based on the same information, but the views are the ones that triggers conversation at different levels, because for example, the VP may be having a conversation about resource allocation on a business unit level or basis. And in the business unit, you may be arguing, you know, trade-off, trade-offs or, or you know, go-to-market strategies, and then that will have a different view, different details than the higher level one. So based on that, so my, my short answer was product leader. That is a bit more complex when you start to unpack it. Now, if I, I remember, the book is very much broken down into three areas of strategy, roadmap, and OKRs or objectives. So how does a roadmap link kind of vision, strategy, objectives, or how does it relate to them? To me, one fundamental piece of work that is not usually done at many companies is what I call strategy grooming. And why I call it strategy grooming, it's because I think it's quite uh, or related to what we do when we do backlog grooming, which is a very well-understood practice, in which you get these bigger pieces that we're going to say, hey, it's a high-level epic, for example, and you break it down and you have more kind of lower-level epics and you have user stories and things like that. Why I call this step linking the strategy to the roadmap strategic grooming, because I feel we have kind of a same type of mindset coming from these big strategic drivers that maybe, hey, I want to uh, play or solve this new customer need or focus on this differentiation or target this, this new market, whatever. And, and that's, I mean, that's what we need from a strategy, kind of high level direction. But then we say, what we need to do in actual to actually win that, uh, that path that we are selecting. And that's where I, what they call strategic grooming, which you're saying, okay, for example, one tool I use for that can be the organization tree by Teresa Torres, that I usually say, we are still, since we're having this discussion at the opportunity level, we will stick in the opportunity space of this uh, tree, but we will break down this high level opportunity into lower level opportunities. Another way to say it is with, for example, a user journey map saying, okay, if we are thinking about attacking this new market, let's let's map it out and let's see where are the pains and, and, and things that we need to address. And so you, again, come from this high level, hey, we need to tackle this new market. And say, okay, what's the journey for this market and what are the pain points? And those pain points are your opportunities that can be going into the roadmap. So that's kind of part one, how you link the, um, the strategy to, to the roadmap. And then with those roadmap items, how you link it back to OKRs. One comment before jumping to that is that, of course, the roadmap has different so you're trying to create a roadmap that will have you or will give you some strategic planning at a different horizons. It can be 12 months, 18 months, depends on the company, it can be six months even. Um, but you are trying to have this higher level view. When you are discussing OKRs, you are focusing on the first quarter for sure, which in your roadmap should have much more precision than the quarters coming farther away. So when you are doing this strategic grooming, you are focusing on this. Um, Let's say when you are doing the grooming, as when you do backlog grooming, for the opportunities you will take in now, you will have a more level of detail, more granularity, you will kind of break it down into more detail. And the ones that are further away, it's fine to, let's say, hey, I have this six month block with a very big opportunity that I have no idea, but it's kind of coming in 12 months. So we can leave it in the roadmap as is, because, I mean, it's not, no, no need to um, yeah, do, do further down planning at this moment. When you go, then when you go to OKRs, uh, this is kind of what strikes me also as crazy is that most companies are having this super stressful period for two to four weeks in which they are doing OKR planning and it's super messy and they are trying to collect information that signals a lack of strategy 
and the lacks of the connection of the strategy to the OKRs. So to me, it's quite simple when you have a roadmap that you have said, hey, this is the opportunity I will tackle in the next three months. And this is the strategy driver I'm trying to achieve. And this is the, the success criteria in which I will measure this opportunity. Then coming up with the OKR, it's quite easy. It's, quite, it's quite, almost as translating as kind of grabbing the roadmap item and putting in the OKRs. For sure, there are kind of more nuances, like for example, uh, having different teams and different teams might collaborate on the same opportunity in the roadmap. So you, you need to do some, some, some kind of granularity there, uh, fine tuning. But at the end of the day, it's um, it's kind of taking the opportunities you put in the roadmap for the next quarter and translating them into the key results that each team needs to hit. And, and as I said, it should be less stressful than it's currently done in many companies. Well, I think that's just because OKRs are done quite badly in many companies, right? So uh, they're seen as a, a silver bullet to solve all problems when actually you need the right culture behind it as you just described, essentially, that was kind of a way of working, which kind of is a symptom of the culture that then leads to relatively straightforward forward OKRs and planning. But I think you, you've kind of hinted at one one other kind of related artifact as well to the roadmap earlier. You talked about a Gantt chart, maybe a plan. Are there any other things that kind of link into a roadmap or relate to a roadmap? Maybe going making this jump from kind of uh, roadmap to execution, as I was saying before, you will start creating artifacts that will help you drill down your strategy into those opportunities. So the, 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 the roadmap is an artifact, as I say, for communication alignment towards kind of the strategy and what you are trying to execute. But when you are actually creating that roadmap and then later executing on that roadmap, you will have artifacts that will make those breach happens. So for example, as I said before, opportunization tree or, or customer journey map can be tools that you will use from the strategy to create the roadmap and then later on to execute. Because for example, going back to the opportunization tree example, if you're having your high level opportunity coming from the strategy, you will break that down into lower level opportunities in the roadmap. Then you will probably, the teams will break that down into solutions. And actually, maybe I can make a, a brief note there because I didn't mention it before, but for sure, in all these stages coming from the strategy down to the OKRs and down to team execution, you will have this um, connection between hey, top-down, what we are trying to achieve, and bottom-up, what we are seeing in, in the market, in the users, in our results, that will inform that. So you will have these uh, discussions that will happen at the roadmap level, as I said before, when we we're discussing the audience, when you kind of discuss with the, the, the roadmap is not something that the product leader will sit down in a room and create and, and then hand over something that, as I was saying, we are facilitating that work, which requires a big connection to the teams. So maybe why I'm saying that is because when you're thinking about the tools that the teams will use, for sure, I would say, hey, the logical connection is let's connect the, the roadmap to the backlog. But those, again, are the high-level artifacts. If you see the, let's call it the artifacts or maybe the tools that happen in between to make those connections, you have tons of things. So maybe going to, to other examples just to, to complete the picture, when you're thinking about how I connect the roadmap to the OKRs, you will probably have a KPI tree. And KPI tree is something I suggest the teams are using because that informs opportunities that they may find by exploring some KPIs and seeing, okay, how is this KPI performing at a lower level? And, and then you can have this, I mean, not only the tree, but you can have this slice and dice and say, okay, yes, for this, I don't know, 
traffic channel, we're having this performance, or for this uh, user segment, we're having this performance. So you get you start having your 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 levels, and you kind of slice and dice the levels. So I'm not sure if you're if we're asking for, for that, but maybe yes, that there are some other tools that will help this support from these different tools that you will use from maybe using your terminology from operational to tactical. There are many things there that will help you make those translations. Sure. I mean, I, I love that actually, in that show, that unpacking of, I guess it's that kind of old Dwight Eisenhower phrase of a plan is useless, but planning is invaluable. And those different activities that you go through to actually synthesize and understand the challenges that have been set, the problems that are out there, the opportunities that are there to then be able to build back up to a roadmap and set the measures of, of success. I think actually that's a really sort of powerful way of expressing it that we've got a lot of tools in our tool bag to do that. And actually one thing that uh, maybe we didn't talk about, but when I think about, I mean, we think about the roadmap, you see this kind of, this is the timeline and, and, and kind of boxes with titles. But to me, what's quite interesting is uh, something that happens sort of behind the scenes, which is you are creating your opportunity space. And from your opportunity space, you are selecting opportunities that you will see reflected in the roadmap. But each of those opportunities is not a title, is opportunity described somehow. So there's one, I mean, I don't want to go into templates or fill in the blanks exercise, but I usually say, hey, we need to have an opportunity card. That's what, I, what we call it, um, in which it's the same as having, instead of a roadmap title, a roadmap card, uh, which any tool will, will give you that. And you start describing that opportunity. And when you, when, I mean, part of this connection from one to the other is that, okay, we start with some opportunity that is uh, kind of, uh, a hypothesis, a problem we identified, a trend we identified, and we start doing some discovery and we start doing some data analysis and we will gather more information for an opportunity card. And that's a big chunk of the work. And it's not actually plotting the roadmap, the work. The work is actually coming up with the insights for, for, for the opportunities to make sure that you are uh, going in the right direction. So coming up with more evidence that can be either through discovery experiments or through gathering more information like secondary research or, or analyzing your own data. So this opportunity card, I think that's also something that we tend to, to skip. Uh, and it's uh, probably, I mean, when we, think, when we think about the roadmap, thinking about the item, not a single title, but this kind of very well-informed opportunity, that's something also some companies tend to ignore. And it's a kind of a, a, a big loss from this connection of different stages. Yeah, I mean, too often there's one line, like three words on the roadmap, and then everyone assumes it means something different. So I, I love that kind of breaking it down into more detail so it's clear what we actually mean by this thing. I mean, I, just, just to pick up a thought there, though, you said that all of this is before it goes on the roadmap. What about capturing your discovery of the things where you're actually figuring out which opportunities are right on the roadmap as well? Yeah, that's that's where I say that this... Uh... This opportunity space kind of lives in the background because if you think about it, what you are trying to do all the time is, or maybe the role of product management is make sure that what we are building is valuable and viable. Uh, and this is basically choosing the right opportunities to build. So this opportunity space lives in the background of everything you're doing. If you are thinking about the strategy, you say, hey, we're having this opportunity space and we are betting 
And of course, the, hopefully this bet is informed, informed bet, but we are seeing this opportunity space and we say, hey, these are the, the biggest chances, this is how we can differentiate, this is how we can uh, make a, a sustainable business in the future. So we are having this level of selection and strategy level. When you're going to Europe and say, hey, we have this opportunity space and we choose this, this path. So say, hey, we will pick these opportunities that we are thinking the most valuable to plot in our roadmap. When you are doing discovery, you say, hey, I have this big level opportunity or even I already have in my opportunity space some lower level opportunities that will try to uh, validate for implementation. Or if I don't know much about this opportunity, I will do some research that will create these lower level opportunities. So all the time you have this opportunity space behind the scenes that is informing these different levels of artifacts. And when you basically the moment in which you are building this opportunity space is when you're doing discovery. Because again, at different stages, because we might be more exploratory research or understanding the problem versus validating solutions. So this will have different levels of information for your opportunity space. But at the end of the day, when you are doing discovery, you are adding more pieces to, to, to the puzzle. Um, and if you think about, I mean, we will say that uh, product is not linear and you kind of, we, we have this tendency to say, hey, do attract agile or this terminology say, hey, discovery and then delivery. But if you think about discovery, discovery is happening all the time and it happens at different levels. So when, for example, uh, many companies, when they are doing a strategy, I would say, hey, you cannot expect to go to a strategy workshop two days offsite and then come up with a strategy because what you will identify during that workshop is that you need much more information to decide. And then come what may be called a, a discovery for the strategy, which is kind of finding this secondary research, informing some opportunities, even running some experiments to validate high-level hypotheses. So this discovery phase that we usually think about, okay, let's come up with kind of from, from a problem to a validated solution. We also are doing it at different levels and we'll keep informing this behind the scenes opportunity space that you're building. Yeah, I mean, the way I often think about it is the things towards the right on my roadmap are probably in discovery right now, whereas the things towards the left are probably in delivery because I'm figuring it out to get ready to deliver it later. But I think that's, that's uh, uh, something that's not, not quite solved in how we operationalize this into kind of uh, execution. Uh, because if you think about it, you also have teams that are focused on the opportunities you are kind of trying to solve now. So what you need to make sure is how do, how am I, or who is running the discovery for those opportunities that are coming along the way? And, and that's, I think that's a tricky balance that the teams need to kind of keep evolving, say, hey, I'm not 100% focused on the opportunity I will I kind of do in delivery in the next months. I also need to think about the, my, my longer term. And actually, that's something that the roadmaps may, may help us. Otherwise, you end up in a feast on famine position. It's like, all right, I'm doing tons of dis delivery now, now tons of discovery and alternating as opposed to that nice, clean, dual track, which obviously has its tension between it. What are the key elements that we put on our roadmap? You know, what, what's on there? You mentioned timeline, but what else is on there? I also described it in three. So we have the timeline, we have the swim lines, and we have the items. So that's pretty, maybe maybe pretty obvious. Uh, so maybe going back to some topics I, I, I discussed in the book, uh, in terms of the timeline, that's also interesting because it has evolved from kind of this... Uh, kind of very structured, more, more Gantt chart monthly roadmaps. We went kind of to the other extreme, to the now, next, uh, future roadmap. And there are things in between. I usually tend to like the one that is kind of expanding timeline. So you have next quarter, then next semester, then next year. And this also gives the, the level of uncertainty you are having about the, the things that the items you are putting in that roadmap. Uh, but that's something that's interesting. And then, 
quite interesting also on the swim lines. You can have kind of all sorts of things there. Um, I usually try to push for strategic drivers as kind of our things that we put in the swim line. So everything we are doing to hit this, uh, for example, this new market that we are trying to, to address or this need that we are trying to address, will put in, in the same swim line. Uh, that will also be tied to a strategic goal. So you will have a very nice mapping, and this is also going back to the alignment of who is the audience. You will explain very clearly, okay, if we are trying to achieve this goal, these are the things we need to do, and this is all the things that we selected to do in order to achieve this goal. Um, but also, to, to be frank, I have seen this also kind of break down by uh, teams, business unit, or, or group of teams. I think that's also a very common way of doing it, and it's a bit more easy on the on the lower funnel. So trying to explain the teams what actually we're expecting from them, that's a nice way to, to play it out. And finally, on the items, uh, we already discussed that, but it's kind of this uh, this title. I usually also say, hey, the title should be written as an opportunity to enter this, so not a solution. Um, I'm not super dogmatic about it, but just kind of giving the right mindset um, and trying to address what you are trying to, to achieve with this opportunity. So it can be as easy as adding the key result you are trying to hit with this opportunity. I always try to stress for that. But then if you have, for example, a road mapping tool, or even if you don't have a road mapping tool, even if you're using, hey, let's say I have my, my Excel and then I have Jira, but then on Jira, you will have something titled with the same title in which you will have a much uh, longer explanation of what you're trying to achieve. Just because of what you said, kind of in terms of this alignment we are trying to build, avoid having everyone interpreting something different about this kind of title that you have in there. Now, I wonder that kind of different use of swim lanes that you had there, do they better suit different audiences? For example, the strategic drivers, do that, does that suit more the execs versus the, the teams, et cetera? Does that suit more the execution of the development team? Just a hypothesis there? I think they fulfill different purposes. And I have seen it maybe aligned to the culture or what the audience is trying to see because I have seen many executives interested in, okay, what are the teams doing? Not in terms of micromanagement, but trying to figure out uh, okay, this is this investment we are doing, what actually are they focusing on, uh, which is a good discussion also. I mean, if you're keeping at the opportunity level, it's a good discussion. Um, and you are having... So th these executives will also prefer the swim lines divided by by this sort of um, teams, uh, team level or group, group of teams level. Um, instead, if you are saying, hey, we need to discuss... We, for example, in the LSSG discussions, when you are going from your initial strategy to, okay, now that we agree on the strategy, we are trying to show what are the focus areas, that's where everyone will benefit from a strategic driver discussion because even the teams need to align, okay, what's actually we're trying to do to achieve those opportunities and also the, the, the executives will actually like to see, okay, how you are trying to break these drivers down into opportunities you want to pursue. So I think that they will uh, see different audiences necessarily, but different moments or different things that you are trying to look into uh, that may inform what you need to show. And actually, I mean, going back to the tools, and I'm not trying to promote any tool, by the way, um, but if you have uh, a tool behind the scenes, you will be able to switch these views and use them properly whenever you, you need them. So that's also a benefit. So that's actually my preference for when I, why I would have a tool. It's a single source of truth, but I can get my different views out of it without having to uh, work hard. But you said you don't want to promote a particular... I was about to ask you, do you have a preferred tool? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, so I have used... Ah, I'm not sure if it's uh, okay to say names, but I use AHA, I use uh, Product Board, 
I use uh, Prodpad. Uh, those are the three I used uh, so far. Um, I don't have a preference. I think that, uh, I mean, if you are looking into the specific purpose of displaying a roadmap, probably all of them will, will give you what you need. Depends on the complexity of the organization and also how you are using them to connect them later to execution, to other tools like Jira, things like that. That, that will get into more the, the selection of tool part of things. Totally agree. I mean, and yeah, I'm relatively tool agnostic as well. My co-host is Ext of Aha, but uh, he also play around with all the different tools. And Jana was one of the first people on the channel. So uh, Podpad also a friend of the channel. And uh, one of the previous practitioners we had on was a big fan of product board. So, yeah, we're, we like to expose people to what's out there. And I think you're right. It's There are many tools and different ones will fit different organizations based on the their the rest of their tool setup but also as you talked about earlier their culture and the way they use roadmaps and how they want to see things you know some tools only do gantt chart style some do those kind of time boxed or time frame oriented ones and don't do anything else and some do whatever you want so it's uh it's all about what you're trying to achieve and how you want to present it i guess what i will say is that so Every time I used these tools, I went from no tool to a tool and everyone appreciated it. So that's what, what I, I just want to say. So I'm not uh, so I'm trying to promote this tool. And to be honest, I mean, if you are, for example, in a startup, and I'm not sure if this is appropriate, but you may not even need a roadmap. So it kind of, you can easily jump from strategy, short-term strategy, because you're a startup, you're trying to find market fit. So kind of jump from, okay, this is the direction we're going to, to the OKRs. But... I work in enterprises with kind of complex organizations and trying to, as you said, organize the information. Either it's a very big and painful effort or just because of the effort, no one does it and, and the stakeholders have no view. So whenever we introduce these tools, it's usually appreciated by both sides of the table. I was doing, I was going through that journey as I left my last corporate role, introducing it to the team for those exact efficiencies and just saving our sanity of, 15 different copies in PowerPoint that were all not quite the same. You've probably already told me this a bit already, but what do you consider to be best practice when it comes to road mapping? Yeah, so I, I'm trying to see if I will repeat myself too much, but essentially is having this roadmap that is at the opportunity level, focus on the outcomes you're trying to achieve, and that will be a breakdown of your strategy into more kind of, I'm not saying general level opportunities, but more concrete opportunities and problems you are trying to solve to address or to fulfill that path that you are selecting on your strategy. So to me, that's the, the, the standard I'm trying to push. And as I said before, also being conscious of your context. And again, if you are needing a roadmap to discuss the breakdown strategy, then maybe, for example, the swim lanes can be strategy-driven. If you are in a kind of uh, super short-term, uh, fine market fit startup, then maybe you can say, hey, the roadmap will postpone it until we have these more stable things to, to discuss. Because at the end of the day, the, the roadmap is trying to, uh, as we said in the beginning, align you in terms of uh, the, the, the things you are trying to achieve with different uh, pieces of organization. And if you don't have something to align on yet, then it doesn't make much sense to do the, the effort. Yeah, although the interesting thing I've come across is that investors can often like having a roadmap so they can see where their money is going. So sometimes there's another reason for having one, even in that startup context. Yeah, the problem is that, I mean, and we get into this kind of more tricky part is if you are doing this just for kind of showing something up, probably it's, um, 
it lacks the backing you need when you have a roadmap that is based on a solid strategy, just because you, I mean, you are learning yet. So that's kind of fine to acknowledge. And at the end of the day, this roadmap will, we all know, will change a lot. So, I mean, if you need to do the exercise, do the exercise, but don't, I will, my suggestion would be don't invest heavily on it because at the end of the day, it will change. Uh, and then if it's something that you know, you are doing it for, for, for kind of, kind of, uh, this check mark of yes I show my roadmap but then in, in do not be so restricted on your execution based on a roadmap that you know is not super well um, yeah, solid on, on facts okay so we've got best practice what about the biggest mistakes or anti-patterns that you see on a roadmap super obvious by going to solutions and the tricky part is that we can easily shove into solutions, either kind of from a product perspective or just stakeholders pushing you to okay, what's actually in there. So um, it's easy to, to fall into that pressure or that bias and start writing solutions. Um, and the second one is, as I was saying, the, 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 to me, the, the part of the puzzle that is missing in many companies is playing this strategic grooming, call it however you want, but actually building your roadmap based on the strategy. And that's... I mean, since many companies don't even have a strategy, another problem is, hey, I'm trying to invent a roadmap, seeing the opportunities I have kind of here and there, just kind of pulling from, from all places. Uh, and that's something you want to avoid. If you are finding yourself in that spot, stop doing the roadmap, go to the strategy, and then come back and build a roadmap that uh, it's aligned with the strategy. I mean, obviously, you've talked about anti-patterns, bad mistakes, but is there one thing you really, really hate, and a pet hate on a, on a roadmap? I hate uh, months or any sort of date that is not quarter. So I, I, I actually say kind of first quarter, I think it's fine. But then when you see the, these months, it's I, something I hate. And then m maybe also another problem is when we're trying to keep it at opportunity level. And this is not hate, but just to give another example that things that I, I don't like to see. When you keep it at opportunity level, but uh, it's uh, not tied to what actually you are trying to achieve. So kind of having this outcome in mind. So I would say opportunity level, but also outcome oriented because it can be outcome oriented, but with solutions, it's not good. Opportunity level without outcomes, not good as well. So you need to make sure that you are having at the opportunity level, but clearly reflecting the outcome you're trying to achieve. Because if not, again, the execution will kind of disconnect from, from that outcome. We've heard lots of advice from yourself. Whose advice do you listen to on road mapping? Yeah, and I would say that I have uh, many, many peers over the last years in which I kind of uh, debated roadmaps and we came to these conclusions. And then, yes, probably thought leaders, and you can go from, from Marty Kagan saying kind of, kind of, kind of very strong opinions about roadmaps, all the way back to, to kind of the, you know, the, the, the authors of the book of uh, Roadmaps Relaunch, which is a very nice read. Um, and, and Shana Bastu, for example, and also uh, I guess here, I guess, uh, that she, she has been talking about uh, a lot about that. So that's how I, I kind of uh, form my, my own opinions, as I was saying. Then in the practice, I kind of solidify the, the concepts I put in, in the book. Your book is a great resource for them to all have, but are there any other resources that you would uh, recommend people to, to check out around road mapping? Yeah, so as I was saying, uh, probably uh, Roadmaps for Lunch. And I hope I'm saying this is the right name. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also a great source because of examples and it's a very, very easy read, uh, kind of easy to, to, to grasp. And then I would recommend all of these tools that we were discussing, like uh, Product Board and all of them, will have these very interesting blogs in which they explain some of these uh, practices. So those are also nice. Um, they have webinars and whatnot. So this is also a good source of information if you're trying to maybe 
that that's what I would say is going more into the details of how to build a roadmap. That's where probably it's a, a good resource to, to follow. If you had to distill your philosophy on roadmapping down to one or two sentences. The roadmap is an alignment tool that must be based on your strategy. Is there anything I should have asked you about roadmapping that I haven't? No, to, to me, we cover the most important part. So I will restate it one more time. That is this strategic grooming. So it's um, all about how you, I mean, considering that you created a strategy, how you distill it into a roadmap, kind of digesting those strategy drivers into more concrete opportunities. And why I'm saying this is because I, whenever I go into a company and try to, I mean, I, I kind of, coaching and, and consulting about the strategy, I usually see that this is a, a kind of a missing piece and they are having either with roadmaps that as I said, are all over the place or they are missing this, uh, this way to dissect the strategy into the concrete opportunities. In fact, I've started asking an extra question at the end recently. What's your biggest roadmapping nightmare? What's gone wrong or the worst thing you've ever put on a roadmap? Probably will give you a very uh, repeated answer, but I, I started with my Gun charts as a roadmaps, right? So in my early days as a PM, I will have this uh, monthly thing. And, and kind of, uh, to be honest, I mean, I started product management 15 years ago, which it was much more project management on steroids than it is today. Uh, so I did this uh, project management. Actually, I, I, I even did it. I mean, don't want to admit it too, too loudly, but I, I did it in my, my PM project management courses back in the day, PMO, whatever it's called. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many of us from the, from the early days. Uh, so, yeah, so to, to, to me, the, the worst uh, mistake was kind of having this solution oriented, uh, date driven uh, roadmap. Well, Nacho, it's been wonderful having you on the channel today. Nacho, last few minutes, give us the pitch for yourself, how people can get in touch, how you can help them. Yeah, so um, I'm all about strategy, as you know. So the first thing I would say is that I have a podcast as well, if you like to consume this type of content. Uh, it's called 100 Product Strategies. You can find it in Spotify or, or Apple. Um, I have my book out there, uh, which uh, we just discussed. Um, and I, you can also find a lot more of content and even workshops and, and what I do in coaching and consulting at productdirection.co. Um, there you can also subscribe for a newsletter. I, uh, yeah, I send content regularly. So yeah, that's probably the best way to find me. Also, you can reach out in LinkedIn. Thanks, Nacho. It's been great talking today. Some great insights. Really appreciate the feed. Thank you.